Hola, hola, it's your girl Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. You guys, I'm so happy for today's beautiful guest, Miss Tamika Wilder. She is not only a dear friend of mine, she's also one of my clients in our social impact business mastermind. She does incredible work as a somatic sex coach. She's going to explain what that is, but this podcast is so important for you. If you have ever wanted to have more intimacy, if you've ever had issues with your sensuality, your sexuality, you want to learn and understand how to be embodied, this is the podcast for you. I cannot wait for you to listen. Tamika, my love, I have so much to ask you and tell you, but I want my audience to know what you do. So somatic sex coach, we haven't had anybody on the podcast talking about this and it is so needed. So I'm happy that you are popping our sex coach cherry. (laughs) So tell us what is, what is this? What is the work that you do? The work that I do is guiding mums and women back home to their body and really helping them reignite their sex after babies and like living in a domestic long-term relationship maybe or in a a household with kids it's the easiest way for our sexuality to be squashed and to like go away and disappear and I'm just about bringing it home bringing it back you know helping you reignite your sexual spark oh juicy Oh my gosh. And, and obviously I'm obsessed with this, you guys listening, because you know, uh, I speak a lot about my sexual abuse and the women that are in the sisterhood and our clients. And, and just, I've never met a woman, especially not a mother who has not almost felt disembodied in regards to their sensuality and sexuality. What, what brought you, obviously you're a mama. What brought you into doing this work? Yeah, I feel like this has been this has been part of my journey my entire life. And I really got in the last kind of two, three years, I got the big aha moment, which was like, oh, this is my work in the world. And it's like all, I connected all the dots finally, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, you know, my whole life I've had a sign on my head saying safe person to talk about sex with, safe person to talk about gnarly shit with. Oh, this woman over here, she won't judge me. Oh, I I feel like I can say anything around this chick. You know, I've had that kind of vibe. And what happened was um, I was sexually abused in childhood. So um, I guess it was at the start of my my adolescence, so between Mm. 12 and 13, by a very close family friend. And a lot about what I um, learnt in that experience was about really exchanging my sexuality for love or for affection or for closeness. And I learned all these pretty gnarly bits. And so my journey has been about untangling loads of that and also understanding the importance of sex positive households, sex positive families. And it starts with the leader. It starts with the parents and even more specifically, I really believe that it does start with the mother. You know, it starts with um, 
where we came from and having safety. I feel like in my home, if if a lot more safety was there, then perhaps some of those things might not have happened. And it, you know, at the very least, it wouldn't have taken me 12 or 13 years to then, you know, report and kind of hand that story back where it came from. So that's a part of what led me here. Um, and then even more so after I birthed my babies, I was so disconnected from my pleasure, but more connected to my body than ever before. Mm. So people might relate to that feeling of disassociating yeah. from your body. So people who have suffered from abuse or even this, this, the, we are chronically disembodied in society. It's like we are affirmed for getting things right, using intellect, you know, cognition, language, everything needs to make sense. It's black and white. It's right and wrong. It's up and down. And, and that puts us into our head, right? Mm. So when we come back into the body, it can feel quite difficult mm. because it's like, well, I don't know what this feels like. I, I teach people about sensations and using somatic language and I might explain a bit more about that, but people are like, well, I don't know, what do you mean feel for my belly or intend to feel for my feet on the floor? I can't even can feel that. And it's like, wow, we've got yeah. so much to come back to. Um, but what happened is when I birthed my babies, I was really grounded into my body. And then when I came to again, I was like, damn, I feel my body more than ever. And my pelvis is broken, <laughs> wow. you know, or not broken, but my yeah, pelvis, yeah. my pelvic floor is messed up, my sensations messed up, yeah. um, you know, emergency cesarean kind of left me with a broken bladder and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I've got a choice to make. I either go, oh, well, this is just me now. This is the way it is. This is the mother's life. Or I get to work on healing and come back even better than when I was in my 20s, mm. you know, even more orgasmic, even more free, even more elevated, um, and that's what I did. You're freaking amazing. I have so many questions just from that. Okay. Oh, okay. So firstly, I have this weird, I don't know if it's true. It feels true. But this weird belief that uh, when we get sexually abused in our younger years, it makes us sexual. And I always thought growing up, I'm a sexual girl. I'm just a freak. I love being sexual and I love it. And that's me. And then the more I studied like the mind and the thoughts and experiences and trauma and childhood, I realized, nah, I wasn't a sex child. I wasn't a child that was into sexuality and doing all that stuff. And I feel like the sexual abuse, it's weird. It's, I think you've probably mentioned or thought about it before, but like, I feel like the sexual abuse twisted me in a way to becoming super sexual at like eight years old or five years old. It, it, do you find that? Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, it's a, it is a thing. Uh, people go one way or the other often. So it's either com like suppressed or it's totally magnified and exacerbated. So you'll find that you can either, yeah, it's one way or the other. It's not the same for everybody. Yeah. But, um, yes, when we learn to be sexualized at a young age without that having a um, safe place to land in society actually or have mm. like safe narratives around it or even accurate accurate narratives around our sexuality in childhood, then, yeah, we become over-sexualized but we also contain it and seek to hide yeah. it mm -hmm. and it becomes like a shadowy kind of element of the way that we go. So then totally. there's like promiscuity and, you know, I was having sex with, you know, men three times my age with my yeah. fake ID like and with the narrative and the belief that I'm confident, I'm cool, like I'm happy with this, I'm okay, I'm good, I've got this. Wow, you're so cool to me, you can you got all this. But underneath it's it's bullshit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. 
So tell me motherhood. So I love when I first met you and, and chatted with you on Instagram, is where we meet all the people these days now, <laughs> all the cool kids. Um, I remember you having a post with your two kids and you were talking about sexuality and like bringing that into the home. And I think this is such an amazing topic. We have a lot of moms who listen to the podcast and I know so many of you message me and tell me like, not only are you not having sex with your partner, are you, you're just roommates, you're in survival mode, but there's shame around your body. You, you, you know, we're shaming our kids. It's all this stuff. So how does this work? Talk to me about what, what women can do, what mothers can do to bring this into their home. Yeah. I feel like the first step around this is, I think that this work taps you on the shoulder a bit. Like if, if you know that there is, um, something to lean into in regards to this work. It'll be tapping you and you'll be like, oh, there's something kind of going on here that I need. I want a remedy. I want to get better with. And it's firstly just about making a decision to look at it, like Mm. pull the lens forward and go, okay, what's here? You know, that real taking stock of where you're at Um, and being able to start naming what you want for your home. So, okay, intimacy is lacking. There's lots of shame and hiding and taboo. What do I want my home to feel like? What do I want my relational space to look and feel like? They're the first steps. You need to bring it forward and decide because it, this, this piece will not happen accidentally. It won't happen for you. It won't happen in the background. It happens when you lean in. Some pieces do just fall and you're like, oh, cool. Oh, that's right. I was learning that by accident. This is not one of them. This is like a missing piece of the personal development puzzle. And if you don't choose it like big time Mm. yeah like it'll keep tapping you and you'll go like oh whoops I went another 10 years and yeah and look at it you're so right too because it is something that it's a part of our whole existence like we can't have this amazing mindset and be totally disembodied and not be in tune with our body and like I think when you talk about it it's like beyond orgasms and sex it's like the full spectrum of you being in your body you know, feeling it and having it. And we know that our children don't listen to what we say. They watch what we do. And, you know, there was a time when my five-year-old or four-year-old, he was he was four at the time and he was touching himself. And I'm like, and like just in the living room, you know, and just like, I think being amazed that he could touch his penis and it could get hard. And just honestly, I was a four-year-old being like, what is happening? You know, I know. And I was just like, Raven, what are you doing? Like, literally, Tamika, I don't even know where the reaction came from or where I heard it. I must have heard it as a, as a kid myself. It was like, what are you doing? That's wrong. Hello, what are you doing? That's gross. That's wrong. Yeah. And my husband was looked at me across the room and was like, you better be quiet. And then, then later it was like, honey, don't do that. You're going to shame him. Like this, and I didn't know anything like, so the mamas who have boys, like you need to get to know this because I didn't know. And I consider myself pretty aware of things. And I had no idea that I was literally, if I kept that up, I did it once, but if I would have kept that up, I would have been sending him on a path to shame and boys have all kinds of shame when they're in high school and they can't control an erection or whatever. And it's so crazy because I had no idea. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. So, and that is the first step. That's what I teach mamas all the time. And that is a main question I get. What if I do, what do I do with my kids masturbating? And often you will behave in the same way that a parent or a caregiver dumped on you. So it's about going back. You go back to your childhood, you go back to your adolescence and you go, all right, what happened to me? What did I learn? What did I feel and think about this? What was it like in my home? And how do I want it to be different 
in my home now. Mm. Um, that's the first chunk because it's about responding in that moment with awareness, taking a breath, going, oh, okay, is something inherently wrong or bad or dirty or nasty happening? No. Mm. Is someone unsafe? No. Is this wildly, like, natural? Yes. And what do I want to place in this moment? I want to place mm. love, affirmation, safety, um, permission in this moment with my son while mm. he is in his experience of his body. And we can do that as mums and caregivers. All it takes, though, is you to go back and do a little bit of work and go, oh, that's what happened to me. Oh, okay, I don't want to. Oh, that makes me get the chills because it becomes about us. It, be- it was like a reflection of me and and what I needed to do about him. And it's like, I don't need to do anything about him. He gets to, yeah. Yeah, that's it. We can only be with what we see in the world, society, and in our homes and whatever, if we can be with those gnarly bits inside of ourselves. So get good on your masturbation. Get good on your embodiment, on your pleasure, on your breath, on your anatomy. Get good on all that. And then inherently you spread that. And that's what I meant when I said it starts with the mum, like the nucleus of the home. We need to heal that mm-hmm. and then it will transfer. And then it transfers from our homes into society and into community. You know, I often think totally. about, yeah, like these people that are abusers, for example. You know, I even think about the, the men who choose or the, and the women and the people who choose to abuse others. It's like, what did they need? at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, that our society was unable to give them, actually. Mm, mm. These acts and these habits are born of our society and our community. They're not these kind of, they're not separate to us, you know. So, uh, yeah, this is where I get passionate, you know. (laughs) I love it. I think it's good. And this suppression as well of like, you know, um, it's wrong what you're doing and thinking about how you're right. We parent how we were parented. And let's say someone who is now, you know, into something that society doesn't see as right. Maybe they were suppressing something. Maybe their parents shame them. Maybe, you know, obviously people do these things, not because out of nowhere, something's happened there. That's it. And even you know? if, I mean, there are mental health kind of difficulties yeah. and there are other diagnoses and, and all that kind of thing. And we know that for some um, mental health diagnosis, it actually does come with things like over-sexualized behavior. Even still, those behaviors and those people need safe places to land and be and be heard and acknowledged and seen and felt and understood in our society, not just medicated mm-hmm. and, and flicked off. So yes. this is systemic stuff that we're talking about when we can look at sexuality as part of our culture. Mm. What do you feel is one of the biggest things that maybe women come to you for biggest blocks? There are a couple of blocks that you see. Mostly it's like, <clears throat> I don't know my body anymore. I feel like I've been self, like ignoring myself and my body. Um, I want to lean into sex with my in my partnership and I just don't know where to start. I don't feel it anymore. I feel numb. Mm. I feel like I can't connect and I'm doing something wrong. So the underlying narrative is all is usually like I'm broken, I'm wrong, I need fixing <laughs> or yeah. I need to change this. And, um, yeah, so coming back to connecting with what they know that they want really. I want to connect with my husband or in my partnership, but I don't know how. I'm dull and, and deadened there. Mm. So it's about the wake up. It's so true too because I feel like especially when you're mothering or you're, you're not feeling yourself, how can you, if you yourself don't feel you, be out there in the world, you know, with a partner or dating or, you know, it's like this, 
It's starting from inside. That's it. That's it. So it's people go, I want to get back to the way I was before whatever, something happened. And it might not even be a baby. It might be like before, you know, a breakup or before a big life event or, you know, or my dad died and then I've been completely kind of deadened ever since. Like any of these big life things and it's like the first step is going in. It's not about going back. It's actually about going forward. Like who are you now? What's there with you now? And it's a reintroduction to the body. It's coming home to what's there now. You're never going to be like you were at 27. No, but you're even grander now. There's even more magic. There's even more power. Like the womb, the things that the womb has done, if you've like birthed a baby or grown a baby, um, even if you've grown a business or if you're creating things in the world, because often this creativity is is, um, can either come through as a human baby or like a work baby or something. You've heard that, right? It's (laughs) like we all have this. You create from there, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's meeting the magic that you've got now in your body. It's so good too, because, you know, we do do that whole back then, you know, and I want to get my pre-baby or I want to be who I used to be. And you have so much more wisdom now and, you know, who we are now, we get to recreate like 10,000 times a better version of this. It's so true. When you talk about somatic, uh, for those that maybe don't know what that is, it's very juicy and amazing, but explain what that is. Yeah, so the word somatic comes from the word soma, which is a a Greek word for body. So soma means body, essentially. And when we learn somatically, it means we are learning through the body. So through things like breath, touch, movement, sound, placement of awareness, it's not um, work that is just done with with words, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not therapizing, it's actually feeling so when we talk about embodiment we need to use somatic tools because actually that is how the body is going to feel right i can't just tell you words and then expect that you can feel it in your body we need to move the body Mm. um and the body is how we learn a lot actually the way that we talk about stuff is that we learn through the brain and through words but actually our bodies are learning all the time we breathe we sit down we stand up we dance we laugh we cry we hug the proprioceptors of our body are, are learning continually and memories are stored in the body they're stored in muscle mm-hmm. um that's why i can say to you think of someone who makes you really angry right and you can think of that person <laughs> for that moment and immediately you get a lump maybe in your throat or in your belly, your hands will get sweaty, your face will get flushed. These are all physiological responses to a thought or memory that tells us that we learn in the body and these memories are stored in our body, not just in the brain. I love this. I love this too because I I speak to my clients and I'm like, (laughs) my women are so funny. They're so heady, you know, and they're heady because I was heady. I attracted who I was and I love head. I love mind. I love thoughts. I, I think it's so powerful. And as humans, we have to work with it. We have a mind that's going to get in the way. But that shit is like the beginning. Like it is not like it's like scratching the surface. You know, we, we need to get into the body. So what do you think this block is, especially with women where we want to intellectualize and we want to understand everything. We're like, yep, that's that concept. Yep, I get it, I get it, I get it. But they literally don't let it go beyond their neck. Mm. (sighs) I feel like we get congratulated when we can get things right. So I said that earlier. It's like it's about survival, actually. 
if I'm walking around as a purely embodied creature in the world and I'm moving around and I'm stretching and breathing and laughing and crying and yawning and humming and sighing and all the weird things that actually would feel super good for my body standing in line of lion, right? <laughs> right. So if I'm standing there like waiting to get served in the barista and I'm like, oh, I'm like kind of just, that's weird. We get, it's fear that we're going to get like kicked out of the tribe. We're not going to yeah. be accepted. We're not going to be well-liked. We're not going to be understood. We're obsessed with being liked, understood, and, you know, accepted. And it's like some at some point we need to let go of some of that. And because mm. the body is wild, the body is raw, the body is pure expression, and it doesn't need to make sense. It mm. doesn't make sense, and that's even better. It's non-linear. It's non-rational. Let it all go, and you can get it all back. <laughs> but I think that that, that that is a big part of it. Like we want to be yeah, liked mm. instead of weird and getting <laughs> <laughs> We need to be weird, y'all. We need to get a little bit, bit more wonky with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it's so we can intellectualize in our heads. Like, oh, yeah, I, you know, one of my mentors used to say, it's like explaining to you how to, like what it's like to eat a mango. You know, and it's like, all right, so it's juicy and your lips get wet and it's, ah, I don't know how to explain it, a fucking mango. It's like, go eat a mango and then like have that experience. And it, it makes my like near my ears, that little area like already get all weird and like juicy because like it's another thing to understand it in the mind and then feel it in the body. And it's another level. And so tell me about this, this. I know that your work is really great when people also have trauma and, and what do you feel about trauma and things? Cause you said something about it being stored and how the body like kind of keeps score and holds it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's important to say that with trauma, you know, we're all on a sliding scale mm. and there are some really gnarly big pieces of trauma that do need intense, um, you know, cognitive work and you need to talk and you need to talk some more. That's true. Yeah. And there are ways in which we can help the body remember that it's allowed to be safe. And that's where you can use somatic tools, reminding the you and your body it's safe to be in it. Mm. Um, and it's very gentle. It's way more gentle than the wildness I was just talking about. It's actually like tuning into your breath and learning to breathe in a way that activates your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. You know? It's learning to, you know, that you are worthy of stretching every morning, for example. Yeah. At some point as a traumatised person, as a stressed out person, because stress is trauma as well at a certain point yeah, when yeah. you have chronic stress, for at some reason we exchange, we, we swap out our um, body health and, yeah, it doesn't feel like we're worthy. So there are really gentle, amazing things that you can do for your trauma to remind you that it's safe to be in your body um, and to set really gentle body-based goals um, and placing pleasure in the body as a way of being with your hurts and your upsets is an amazing tool as well. Um, so there's a whole kind of realm of masturbation coaching, for example, that is a big piece of what I do where it's like, rewiring your relationship with pleasure whether it's from somebody else or actually from your own touch and your own hands it's, mm. it's insanely healing that is so powerful why do you think so many people have so much awkwardness around looking at their sex and their sensuality like they just don't want to go there or they're 
they will work on everything else and that's last. What do you think? So like there's far less permission for it in in the, our culture, in the way that we live. It's, mm. it's um, you know, it's suppressed in things like religion and mm. um, our, the way that our parents and, and the ones before them kind of dealt with it. I think it's just been passed on and we're at a time now where we're actually interrupting that, I think. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's because it's, it's less accepted out there and, um, yeah, it's one of those big taboo kind of areas. Yeah. Um, that's why I said if it's tapping you, then, yeah, you've got to answer the call in a real, in a real way. <laughs> yeah, you always say, you're like, don't ignore it. Don't be like, well, what is it that you said the other day? You were like, there's never a right time for this work, honey. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, yeah, when I, when I get a new bed or when I move from my, into my new house, no, bitch, that's not it. <laughs> like, stop procrastinating. Yep, it's true. Yep, yep, yep. I love you because when I when we spoke about this topic uh, and to everybody listening, when I met Tamika, I was just like, oh, I, f- I felt so welcomed. I felt so included. I felt so, so safe. And I didn't know you, you know, just on your page. It, and I love that. That's my jam. You guys know I talk about it all the time. I never want to alienate anybody, be too smart, too weird, too whatever. I want you to understand what I'm saying. And I feel like with you, you know, you put some magic in there, but you you really are approachable with this with this stuff like for for people yeah and it's amazing and when we spoke about it we were laughing because like so you see some people doing this work and they're perfectly doing it for how they need to do it clearly but it's like out there you know and there's like snakes and shit and they're like dancing in the smoke and there's like people and i think about so most of my clients going oh hell no i'm not going to that workshop you know um yeah i just feel like you make it so normal thank you for saying that yeah that is a big part of what I value about this work I know that when I first started it that's where I wanted to be I wanted a safe place to land mm. I wanted to be like oh I'm not too different to this person who's leading me not like wow I'm nothing like them I can't yes. do that I don't belong there I'm like I'm a stand for you all belong it is safe here we can go gently you know there are tough love moments but you will see yourself in me because I'm just regular, you know, mm. and I like that. And I think that is important with sex because it's mm. not some mystical kind of like far reaching thing that is only for some people. It's for everyone. Yes. Yeah. yeah and you make it so accessible and it's so good. Obviously we're going to put everything in the show notes so you guys can stalk and follow and, and, and there's some amazing things coming up for you. But I want to ask you, you know, when you're, you also work with couples as well. How does that work? And, and what's the benefits of, I mean, obviously, but like, how does that work? <laughs> Gosh, it's some of my favorite stuff to do. I'm telling you, um, there's a dynamic, like every couple has a dynamic, right? You have patterns and habits that you live into every day in some way, even the most mm. conscious of couples. It's like, you can wake up one day and if you're both a little bit off or, or one of you is, you fall into a dynamic, right? So of course, then that exists inside the sexual dynamic yeah. and people who are lying down in bed next to each other every night as best mates, both in their head thinking like, oh, I want to be having sex now. Oh, I wish I was. Oh, I know they want to, but I can't remember. This dynamic is revealed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> so tired. Uh, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> uh, maybe tomorrow. If I just roll over, they won't bother me. Yes. You know, oh we have these, these habits. 
and very quickly in um, two-on-one work, I help you identify exactly what those are and then give you pattern interrupters, so tools that directly sit between and inside of your dynamic to actually lead you to what you want and how you want to connect inside of your intimacy rather than yeah perpetuating that my god that's like fucking genius like i'm like yeah i think everyone's like what where do i do this tell me right now that's amazing so it's it's actually my favorite because i see it so quickly when they're both even on the screen i'm like ah you're like that, you're like that, and this thing happens, and they're like, yes. (laughs) I love it so much. And because when people want to, when they dive into intimacy, it's like it's really important inside a relationship. It's super important. Mm. And so if we can just place tiny little beautiful actions in there to help you reconnect gently at times. Sometimes people have mismatches on what intimacy is yes like, I was just gonna ask int- you that yeah yeah what's yeah intimacy like- to you and she's like oh sitting on the couch with a cup of tea holding hands cool what's intimacy to you oh um you know having a six-hour sex session okay yeah. little different yeah <laughs> glad we chatted <laughs> Cool. So our top value is intimacy. And I didn't know that. No. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really true. It's wicked true, because then we all have different meanings. And when we do our values with couples, um, and we need to do some stuff next year to Mika's in Melbourne with me. So I'm lucky I get to steal her and we can do some workshops. Um, but so many of the couples, when we do values, it's like, what do you value? And they're all different. And then we get them to kind of mesh together and, and, and come together and collaborate on some values. And we're like, what does that mean? And we had the same thing. Like, I loved sex and was such a sex person when I met Hamish. And he was like a good boy. His dad had really, his dad had really taught him, like, don't touch women, don't do this, don't do that. So I had to like try to turn him out when I met him. I'm like, oh my God, can you like choke me against the wall or something? And like, he still won't do that. He's like, I just, I just can't. Like, I'm slowly getting there. And I'm like, one day you're just going to choke me, Hamish, please, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but it was so funny because I, I got to see like how wild I grew up with nobody telling me because I was a foster kid. I just learned through sexual abuse, unfortunately, and porn in high school. And then he learned with this really strict Catholic Sri Lankan dad who was like, you don't touch women, you know, and and now in our relationship, you know, we and I ask this because there's so many partners and couples and mothers that you have a baby and you literally there's two kids in our bed. Right. So we don't have sex in our bed unless the homies aren't there. But like, that's not our sex place, you know, our our bed. (laughs) Right. And maybe for many people, it's not their sex place. But you have kids and then you become, like you said, roommates and you are fucking tired or you're exhausted or you're working and you you count the days. I'm one of those. I'm like, damn, it's been like 14 days. We haven't had sex. And Hamish doesn't even notice. But I'm like, I'm disconnected. And I have this weird thing that you will love. So, you know, that Avatar movie, you know, the blue Avatar when they jump on the animal and they connect the tails. Okay, so it's just so weird to all my listeners. You're going to get to know me intimately. But my to me, sex is that. Like the avatar, it's not even like it's orgasm and this and that. It is. But it's like, oh, hi, husband. There you are, partner. Like, where have you been? You could have been right in front of me all damn day. It gives me the chills. But when we sexually connect, I'm like, hi. Yes. 100%. Okay. I need to love the avatar thing. (laughs) 
I yeah. love, yes, I see it exactly because that's hormonal. That's like that's uh-huh. animal. That's coming yes. together like we're mates, yeah. right? The pheromones, the oxytocin, like it all comes mm-hmm. back, that remembering, and we go, you know, we're kind of nuzzling in. Like that is, that's mating. Yeah. So, of course, that makes so much sense. And I feel very similar to that. I'm like, well, I need this. Like I need to come back into that place of, yeah, the sweat and the smell and yes. the salt and the, that connective, that. connective stuff. The and smell of balls. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> another important factor in like us getting good with our bodies. It's like yeah, we need to rewild some of this stuff. Blood, sweat, cum, tears, yeah. salt. The smells, like all of that is about body, accepting our human nature, our animal mm. nature, you know. Doesn't birth help us with that? They're like, you might poo. I was like, okay. okay. Hamish, I might poo. He's like, it's okay. I'll be the poo catcher. I'm like, this is a whole new level. <laughs> we, are, we are forever and ever, okay? <laughs> wow. Okay, so tell me, sometimes Hamish has a coach's men. Uh, tells me that you know men with their testosterone and their their anger and their like sex is this release that they almost like need to have and for some women that's the same I feel that I feel like a very masculine woman I have that kind of anger and release but for other women it's it's a little bit more I want time and intimacy and I need time to get ready and sorted and for some men it's like let's do this thing and that's it what do you find in working with men and women or anybody identifying as like that dynamic? Yeah. So very often the woman's body needs a lot more time to come into a state of relaxation, which is where arousal can occur. Okay. Mm, So, you know, the classic is like, oh, I'll give her a massage and then she'll warm up kind of thing. Or we need lots and lots and lots of time before penetration. That is true. That is a physiological need, right, inside of lots of our body. Not everybody, but from what I've seen, lots. And, yeah, there is a um, spontaneity and an urgency and a, like, let's go, which is often associated with the masculine. What I've found, though, is women who who can um, reconnect to their pleasure centre more often and reconnect to their, their sexual landscape and um, we can build more testosterone. So we can build more urgency. We can build more connection to like desire that goes from zero to, you know, eight. We can do that, but it's like a muscle. So if I want to build my bicep, I'm going to have to do some curls. It's the same thing with pleasure and sex. So you can match up in that regard. But what's even better than that is you don't need to unless you want to. You don't need to because there are awesome tools that you can learn which help you um uh, match up you, you can match up more easily inside of your desire wow. and your urgency um and they can be so they're so fun actually i'm so excited so i am gonna totally book a session with you with hamish because that's gonna be awesome yeah i'm like i've always secretly not secretly i tell hamish but i've always been like we're great and we're fucking in love and it's like oh i'm like pinch me is this fucking real every day better and better right and then I'm like, but I want to go to this like sex retreat, but not like to have sex with other people because that's not my jam. But if that's your jam, do it, girl, get it. But for me and him, I'm like, no, but I would love to just go and like learn because, you know, you I, I've watched so many things and I think that you know about this or you do this, but where you can have an orgasm with just like 
someone not even touching you, the intention, the breath. Is that somatic? Is that what that? Oh, 100%. Oh, I love that. So I can breathe. And this is what I will teach some people. I breathe in a certain way and move my pelvis in a certain way and open my heart and throat in a certain way. And then, yeah, you can have an energetic orgasm. That's so crazy good. Stunning, stunning, stunning. It's like self-penetrating, no touch. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And we love all that spiritual shit too. So I'm like, yep, that makes total sense. And it is such a, I, I was listening to some, I think Hamish did a podcast with this guy who said everything, Michael something, he does the cocoa and it's like everything you never learned about sex, uh, this book that he wrote. And he's talking about like how sex is spiritual and how spiritual sex is and how when you get in your sex, you can reach these different levels of consciousness. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's beyond like sex. It's this whole thing. It's a whole realm. That's right. But but I think what is good to remember is that it is the mechanical stuff that takes you there. They're not that actually that separate. So as soon as you learn to come back in, you can actually do some of that transcendent stuff quite quickly. You get rewarded very quickly in this space. That's what I found. Mm. You don't have to do lots and lots and lots to feel the rewards. You know, sometimes it's like you know, really, really stuff the pipe and then, yeah. you know, you'll get something. But actually, yeah, with the sexuality stuff, the body responds very quickly. And, yes, you can drift off into distant lands of pleasure. <laughs> it's, it's so great. But that's like, it feels like we, you're right. It feels like the more and more I think about it, that we were really ripped off by what we were told or how we were raised or what society tells us because it makes it gross and yucky. Even our bleed, hello. Like how much shame do women still have oh, about the bleed and about how our, what our what our bodies do and, and what's accepted and not accepted. And what I can really hear is for those of us out there, women who have any blocks, you know, it's like when you start working on your own blocks – you have this ability to get so deeply in tune with your sensuality, sexuality, intimacy, bringing your partner along. What happens if the woman, the mother <clears throat> has the block and the partner is ready to go? What what happens in that situation? What do you recommend? If the woman has the block and the partner is ready to go, I feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like it's um, if the woman can, or whoever it is, if they can actually get in touch with what their deep desire is. And I don't mean like, you know, I want seven orgasms every day desire. I mean, what do you really want? What do you want for Mm. yourself and your body? Um, If you can get any contact with that at all and grab onto it, that will take you, that will bring you here to this Mm. place, to learning. Find a teacher you feel safe with. Find a teacher that is speaking a language you can like feel yourself in and, um, just get to learning tiny little chunks led by desire, you know, um, self-acceptance, radical self-acceptance, unapologetic self-love, you know, pay attention to your body, paying attention to what you're putting in it, how you're breathing, how you're walking. Go to the osteo. If you're if you're like, oh, I'm not sure if my, my oh, okay. pelvis is, I mean, like these are the things, like go to the osteo, go to the myo, get a massage. If you feel like something's a bit off, like get the checkups that you need. Go mm. to a sex-positive therapist like that can help you look at the body and go, right, where am I, um, yeah, what's the current state of play inside of my body? And you'll get rewarded. Um, I love that. It feels too like, because I'm a big communicator, it's like one of my top values. It feels too like if you are in relationship with someone or you're just casually having sex with someone or going to go meet someone or date someone, 
I feel like we have such a block with speaking what we desire or speaking what's going on or asking, hey, is this the way it is? Or is this just my mind? Like, how much of this as well is is wrapped into our communication, and our ability to have these conversations that society says they're awkward and we now say is awkward totally and it's not right it's or, not yeah, yeah well it doesn't is. have to be but yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be <laughs> and it is awkward and anything that you want that is good is on the other side of what mm. you're too afraid to do like we know that to be true about everything if i want to lose 20 kilos i got to be a bit uncomfy and do some fucking bike riding yeah otherwise nothing's going to happen it's well so why is it different from this like mm. when did we get so unable to do something that's just a little uncomfortable we're Mm. obsessed with being comfortable and it's not comfy to be in a sexless situation it's not comfy to talk about sex when you're not used to it and it's not comfy to start learning pick your uncomfy you know yeah yeah true uh and there's always a dynamic i don't actually ever believe that it's just one person that's up for it and cool and the other's just like oh it's all me because there's always a dynamic Mm. So you got to help one another if you are in a partnership to actually come to a, a deep reset button. Yeah. Because there could be things that that person that's always up for it is doing that is actually unconsciously continually turning off the other, even though they're yeah. kind and loving, <laughs> and, you know, and it's not yeah. their fault. They just yep. don't know. You just don't know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm like nodding and smiling over here, just deeply resonating with all that. I remember in the past being like literally in the moment, making out, ready to have sex and, and just being so narrator, like as if it was on blast, my mind going, I don't, I don't like this. What is he doing? I don't like that. And it's like, oh my God, my whole, from my neck down was off because I'm in my fucking head. And it's like, and Hamish has told me in the past, like, when I am not here with you, I'm in my head thinking about work, thinking about being a provider, you know, and when we're in our heads, who the hell is in our bodies, you know? Seriously. It's Seriously. Like- yep. And a big part of that is actually getting um, away from the narrative that there's this this beautiful kind of Hollywood unfolding of lovemaking <laughs> and this kind of concerto thing that, yeah. you know, he comes in and then pushes me up against the wall and then this happens and we have these expectations that are for the films. They yes, are girl. not for real life. They mm-hmm. are not for inside of our domestic relationships, inside of the home. They're not even for necessarily after your Tinder date. Yeah. Like it's all <laughs> fantasy. So a big piece is letting some of that go. And then you can learn how to just come back into the body, go gently. Oh, yeah. I'm not present. I'm pretending I am, but mm. I'm not. Do you mm. want to share some breaths? Yes. And so on and yes. so forth. <laughs> That's so true. And, you know, like growing up watching, what did we, like porns in high school and seeing magazines and seeing how your vagina is air quote supposed to look. And, you know, I listened to this podcast on the Goop podcast and it's why I said communication is important because if you're listening to this and you're hearing some, I hope you are, cause I'm hearing, I'm hearing some gold and you have a partnership, you are allowed to take this conversation that you're hearing Tamika and I have and bring it to your partner and uncover it or to your girlfriends and talk about it. And I listened to this podcast and this woman was saying, um, how little girls learn. And I know that you have a take on this as well. And I want to hear it, but like how little girls learn about sex is, 
the parents don't teach us. So like, let's say your parents don't teach you. They just say, be safe, be safe, be safe, be scared, be scared, basically. Right. And then little boys, again, they don't talk about it. So what happens? We see porno and shit in high school. We think we have to have a fully shaved vagina. We think we have to let our girlfriend suck our boyfriend's dick so that we have a threesome and it's fun. Boys think they have to be like, bah, 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 and do that. And we think we have to do all these things. And then this is how, as grown-ass people, we'd start replicating what we're seeing and realizing. And I brought that home to my husband. And he was like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, I had this belief that because he has a dick that is soft, that goes hard, that when that dick is finished and it comes, that we're finished. And that my goal, this shit blew my mind, that my goal is make it hard. Hopefully it comes. And when it does, that's that's the tick. You did a good job woman or person that's having sex with that man. And it's like, she said she, she interviewed lesbians and was like, how do you know you're not a virgin? And she was like, when I had an orgasm, I thought, well, now I'm not a virgin. And then she was like, can you imagine if every woman said, I'm still a virgin and still I have, until I have an orgasm, she'd be like, there'd be a lot of virgins out there. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Mm, Yeah. It is pretty wild. The agendas, the, the preference for the male pleasure it's learnt yeah it's all learnt and the whole thing about porn and how we're supposed to what you were saying before like what we're supposed to look like and and like how can we if we're not talking to our children about this Mm. where are they going to learn it from that's it yes and also we need to relearn so yeah you need to get like if you're on instagram or if you kind of into whatever you interact with socially and culturally have a look at that What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you looking at? What are you consuming? Like follow some accounts that are showing like real bodies. There's plenty of like really good kind of um, pussy anatomy and yoni anatomy stuff that you can like get your eyeballs on. So it's like, oh, reinforcing the narrative. I am natural. I am normal. I'm allowed. You know, I'm natural. I'm normal. I'm human. Whatever you can get inside of your brain. Mm. Um, that yeah reflects your beauty and your normalness it's so true even just seeing your vagina in a mirror is like a shock when you're like oh what happened to my labia what's going on over here what is this what are these spots or whatever it is because you're we're so conditioned to this beautiful airbrushed whatever even white like white vaginas i never saw brown or black vaginas like in any of the videos that i saw as a kid it was like i love my husband's purple dick i'm like oh my god this is amazing. Like, when did we see this? But honestly, it's like you, you got to think about if you're listening, like what you have seen and what you've consumed and what you think is normal based off of what you've been told or 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 we get to restructure that. That's it. That's it. And this this concept of sexiness and like eroticism. Yes, tell me. Oh, my God. It's an energy. Like it's a state of being. Mm. It's a way of being in our brains and our bodies and our it's a posture actually it's got nothing to do with the way that you look Mm. nothing to do with the way that you look at all (laughs) it's all about a feeling it's an entire internal dialogue and like it's a permission piece it's when you actually can walk around the world with permission for your erotic nature to actually be part of the way that you walk whether it's in Woolies that's always my example or you know down the street or in the park it's like you can see it in people you're like damn what have they got they got something that I don't have Mm. no you got all the same thing you just haven't put it in your posture yet that Mm. is sexy 
That's so true. It's like the way you're carrying yourself. And it does, I think about that with confidence. It has nothing to do with how you look, what you're wearing, lipstick, hair, makeup. It's, it's a state of being. It's this energy around you. Yeah. And that commands a room. Oh, yes. It does. Yeah. And it yeah. can change your life. It changes your life. When you place your eroticism in the way that you live, a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't is not for you anymore can fall away. It's like, mm, oh, I love that. I was living in this narrative that wasn't actually for me. Whoops. Let me get to down, down to what I'm actually here for and the joy yes. and the abundance and the bliss that I'm that's actually intended for me, it lives over here with a full spectrum of my humanness that must include your sexuality. Mm, chills. I love that. And I see that in you and the way you live and the way you mother and the way you, you business and how, you know, we, we know we have goals and dreams and things we want to do and there's all the work that needs to be done, bloody Kajabi, all that shit, right? But like, <laughs> but like, I see, I watch you and I'm like, there's this thing about you. And I always tell you when I have calls with you, I'm like, I just, I see so much of me in you and I see so much your desire. And, and I can tell that you have this full spectrum of desire, not just business desire. It, and you let yourself be there and then be here. And then it's, there's no rush or crazy urgency, even though it may feel like it. I, when I see you, I'm just like, oh, she's embodied, man. Like she's just got this thing about her and it comes off you on the screen so fucking thank you for showing up as you do because it's it's making lots of waves and i know so many people that message you and contact you to speak and you're constantly speaking and doing amazing shit and master classes out in the world it's just it's contagious so thank you because it's so powerful thanks very much i heard all that i let myself yeah good uh so tell me just quickly with your family, like how do you see the work that you do and who you are with your with your partnerships, with your children? How do you see that affecting your home? And <laughs> it's um I feel like I have I'm very lucky in that I've surrounded myself with people that are very supportive and mm. that people that kind of see the I think the visions and the things that you just spoke about it's like they see that for me as well and so they are like on my team you know I've got a team yeah. and um I do feel like I'm just doing my best to like educate and lead my boys um and model for them instead of telling it's the being and I'm just modeling a way of being for them that you know sometimes feels like a big fat experiment and then other times I'm like, nah, I nailed that. You know, yeah. I think everyone can relate to this in a way. It's like we're just trying what feels best. Yeah, yeah. For us, we're taking care of their needs as best as possible. And but we're not like mindlessly subscribing to the endless made up rules and agreements around what it needs to look like. And your home is perfect if. You have two yeah. parents and two kids and a dog and two cars and a double garage and a white picket fence like that. Yeah. Is not it. So as much as possible, I try and model to my boys that there's no such thing as perfect. And at the same time, just as you are, it's completely perfect. And our family, yeah. the way that we do it is, um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Safe. Mm. I love that safe and, and speaking of it and including it and, and being open to all of it. And it's really funny for us. I grew up just with my mom. So we had no husband, no dad in the house. There was a man that he ended up sexually abusing me. He's the only man that I remember living with us. Um, there was a man before that, but I didn't remember him living with us. And literally it was me and my mom in underwear 
my mom's big ass boobs at the table on the kitchen table having dinner and my girlfriends would ring the bell and I'd run downstairs with no shirt on in my underwear and my friends would just be like oh 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 and I'm like oh that's okay come up and my mom's there with her boobs out and it was just very normal and so in our house we're always naked like uh my kids see my husband naked. I'm naked. My kid, my, my five-year-old's weird about taking a shirt off in public, which is interesting because we didn't talk about that. So I'm like, okay, you navigate that, my love. But how important do you feel like that is with, with our children to, you know, have the safety of our bodies or, you know what I mean? Like having showers with them. Like I'm like, I don't ever want to not. Like Hamish's mom walks around in a bra and he's 38 years old and she's in her 70s. <laughs> There's no shame. I love it. No, no, no. Super normal. We are yeah, naked whenever we want to be in the house. We all shower together, whatever. It's um, it, it, it's all very normalised. My boys know when I bleed. They know yeah, what a vulva is. They yes. know what a vulva is. They know what a vagina is. They look at my educational. You know, I've got a big pussy cushion. I've got like a dick kind of dildo thing. Like they, awesome. they see it. They know that I do educational workshops on things. And I'm like, I teach people about the penis. I teach people about the vulva and the vagina. And they're like, cool, mom, is that your vulva pillow? Like it's normal. <laughs> they're like, are you bleeding today? I'm like, yes, I nice. am. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's just... And that's what I mean sometimes when I'm like, it's an experiment because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to normalize the shit out of everything and see what happens. Exactly. And our children are also individuals. So when they mm-hmm. come with that thing, which is I want my top on, it's like we didn't do something to yeah. break them. We didn't do yeah. anything to shame them. They are just who they are also in the mm-hmm. world. And they'll come mm-hmm. with their unique challenges yep. and their yep. unique experiences, you know. Yeah. So my six-year-old's kind of like that. He won't get changed on the beach. Like he needs a towel and I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't stuff anything up. He's just being him. So not shaming him for that either is important. Yeah. I'm learning so much from you. I love you. This is so good. Okay. So we could talk for 75 hours, you guys, but I get to hang out with Tamika all the time. So I'm so blessed and lucky. But to you've got something so incredible coming up that lots of my clients have signed up for i've been to your master classes you have so much magic to share in the world and you're finally going to create something that people can do it with you can you tell us about this fucking amazing thing that's coming up yes uh so it's called the heroine's journey and i've named it that for a few different reasons you might have you might know the hero's journey from by joseph campbell you know he coined that term in the 50s which is all it's just about the Um, it's a story arc that all of us go through, right? And so I learned a lot about that in my teen years. Um, So essentially this is really, it's a six-month program. It's a deep dive for those who identify as women, don't have to be a mom, anyone who identifies as a woman, to come home to your sexuality, come home to your embodied power, your embodied confidence, learn what you were never taught about your pussy, about your anatomy, about your pleasure. I'm teaching somatically. Um, uh, They're a group, it's a group kind of dynamic that has started, you know, so there's lots of homework and, um, yeah, it's a six-month journey. It's community. Community that's as right. well, yeah, that's so that's powerful. It. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, a six-month journey to, to take you home your pleasure and your embodied sexuality and um, Ah. i know it starts on sunday 29th we're putting this out so for everybody that's here that's listening if you want to know more about this tamika's amazing her instagram is a wealth of knowledge she does master classes this is starting and not only is it starting i think it's until when is it that they can sign up until the first or third of december 
I'm actually likely going to keep another week open. Awesome. Yeah. Please so do. Until, Please do. <laughs> yeah. So like till the 5th of December. So the first awesome. module is released on the 29th, which is, yeah, in a couple of, you know, it's seven days, but December 3rd, uh, sorry, December 5th, sign up until then. And Amazing. Um, there are payment plans on my website. Like I've made this yeah. really. You're so, you're so, so, so good at that. Like, I think it's, that's a part of me that, that I feel and see in you as well. It's like, Hey, come in, let's do this. Let's not say when I, then I wait for the perfect time. Merry Christmas to yourself, like body yourself. Like you are so amazing. And I think it's, it's so accessible what you've created. Cause I know this is also like a big first launch for you. So y'all need to get in while you can. Cause this is going to go off. I'm, I'm so pumped. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited and 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 pretty overwhelmed actually as well because I'm like mm. it means a lot to me and I know that this body of work is going to mean a lot to a lot of people as it's yeah. delivered. So I'm like, mm. whoa, this is yeah. yeah, this is what I've always been meant to do, and I'm finally so doing amazing. it. Yes, oh, I, love you. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you so much. We're going to have you back as well because I'm, I'm positive we're going to have many questions and we want to do a big like chatteroo again. Um, Tamika, where can we find you? Yes, you can find me at The Orgasmic Mama on Instagram or theorgasmicmama.com is my website. Um, I'm The Orgasmic Mama on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you sp- you're on Facebook as well, really. You've got a good community there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the orgasmic moment, my link tree on Instagram has all the things. So we're going to pop it in the show notes for everybody. Oh, I love you. Thank you so, so much for who you are. You Thank are you fun. so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it, and if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.